You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. And welcome back to Screening in Kingston. Uh, Taylor is on maternity leave, so uh, my guest host this week is Nicole. Nicole, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so jazzed. Um, Yeah, I'm very excited for a lot of reasons. One, the conversation we're having today is going to be a little unique to this show that we've only done really for Marvel movies, actually. I think I've only ever done an episode quite like this. Um, so it's really cool that we're going to really do a, a real deep dive, full spoiler talk into both bros and Don't Worry Darling. Um, so I just want to give everyone the first of many spoiler warnings. If you have not seen, especially Don't Worry Darling, because there are like more twists and turns. Oh, yeah. If, if you haven't seen the movies and you really don't want to know anything about them, I would go watch them and then listen to this episode (laughs) because we are going to talk about bros and don't worry, darling, the entire film, things that happen on set, off set, the movie itself, noise around the movie, all that stuff. So we're also, um, I anticipate I will be sharing a salad dressing recipe on behalf of Olivia Wilde, (laughs) a salad dressing (laughs) recipe from Olivia Wilde coming up next. Um, And we're going to end this episode in the new way that we're ending episodes with guest hosts, where I force my guest host, which is Unicole, to take an awkward movie quiz. I can't wait. I actually listened to the bros episode and I I don't remember the name of the guest, but I remember Andrew. Andrew, Yes. Andrew answered those questions. And I was like, aha, challenge accepted. Yeah. Two out of three. And, and this is such a random thing that my parents gave me. So I thought (laughs) this will be fun. Everyone gets three questions at the end of the episode. Any could be anything in pop culture for movies. So it could be really anything. Movies, television. I hope it's not Marvel universe. I'm Uh, probably not. I, 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 I looked through most of the questions, um, over, like the weekend and I knew maybe half the answers and didn't know the other half. And there weren't a lot of superhero things. Okay. 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 It's a little less dated. It's more like, Oh, on this from the like fifties till now, the things that people either should know or have heard before or what have you. So perfect. Um, but yeah, well, this is a great episode. I'm really excited to have you here. Um, Rose and don't worry, darling. Um, I guess, I mean, you're the guest, Nicole. Where do you want to start? Like, do you have a particular preference? I think that honestly, I think we should start with bros because I think, uh, I mean, the conversation with don't worry, darling is just, uh, it just makes me laugh a lot more. Like bros, bros, there's some very serious kind of uh, context here and Mm -hmm. serious commentary on how this movie was, I know we're going to talk about how it was marketed compared to other movies from, you know, the same production team, specifically Judd Apatow, but it's, it's less like light. I don't know. So why don't we start with bros and get all like that heavy context out of the way? Yeah, I think that's fair because then also bros gets the space I think it deserves for the conversation. Totally, we, totally. We don't, we're not going to be rushed. Um, don't worry, darling, is more, more of a wild mess. <laughs> Pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but bros, I agree. Let's start there. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I wanted to start each of this by like 
basically reaffirming what we thought of the films because at least for bros at least we've got your thoughts on the show before but if we both Mm -hmm. can just give our quick one minute review of bros and then we can just kind of get into the conversation from there so do you want to start and just remind people uh what you thought about bros yeah let's do it so i mean i very much enjoyed bros uh i also think that the the environment in which i was watching it kind of heightened my enjoyment again like that's going to be a theme with these two films during this episode i mean i saw this movie at tiff with a bunch of queer people and the cast was there and everybody was howling and i really really enjoyed it i like that it was your traditional rom-com but it was queer like that's it was it was a rom-com but it was queer it was Mm -hmm. kind of there wasn't anything special about and it was just hilarious you know like i think uh, Billy Eichner did a really, really great job, um, you know, compiling his cast and and his team. And mm. I think I think he did a really, really great job. Uh, do do I necessarily think it breaks any kind of molds in terms of the rom com, other than it being actually funny? No, but like I don't think it was meant to. I think it was yeah. you know queer people want to see themselves reflected in media even in the most basic ways. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that, I mean, I don't want to speak for the whole queer community, but I think, you know, it was, it was great. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I, and I would, I would even just to echo that um, as someone who's not part of the queer community, which Mm. is kind of an interesting way that we get to have this discussion Yeah, because we kind of get to have it from two different perspectives. And because I saw bros twice with two different like guests and audiences that I brought to, to the movie. Yeah. So I got the opportunity to kind of see it in, in sort of two very different mindsets as well. Mm-hmm. And I just think the comedy transcends anything. Yeah. It totally. Is, uh, it does not matter what you know or don't know. This movie is funny. Yeah. And part of what made the first watch through funny was there were some references or things that happened that I didn't really understand or didn't really get, but it was presented. And I think I brought this up on the review with Andrew. It was yeah. presented in some way that made me not only understand what was going on, but it also felt like I was being like almost taught a little bit, like just, Oh, yeah. like he, I'm going to explain a little bit here. Like this is the movie about what's what grinder is. And then the <laughs> of that and the funny, like the hilarity of that, like comes through because they took a moment to yeah. like, Oh, here's this. We're going to now that we did this grinder scene. Now there's a conversation in a club where they talk about grinder and we get more context. And like that type of stuff, I really appreciated because the only reference to grinder that I've ever heard was in Love Simon, where there was a joke about grinder, but they didn't really like explain themselves. Like I didn't really understand why that was funny or not funny. Yeah. Yeah, Like the context of it, like didn't really like come through. Whereas this time they, they paused and took moments Mm -hmm. and it was, I really, really appreciated it so i like and i i think too uh the subjects of the movie are conventionally attractive cis white dudes and i think that you know that was a choice and that's fine and i think they're also very self-aware of that which i also appreciated because you know i don't know that you would get the same budget i don't know that you would get the same you know, I don't know if you would have Joe Apatow producing a film that stars, like a rom-com that stars trans folks at this time. But this movie includes a lot of trans folks in the cast. Mm-hmm. So I really mm-hmm. appreciated that too. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. I like the way that Billy Eichner just said, we're, we're going to make room for everyone to, tr- to at least have some sort of a taste of this, like at yeah. least a moment. And again, like some, I think I talked about it on the, the review with Andrew. I, I think some of the funniest scenes in this movie were, was the round table. And yes. discussing opening this museum and like getting all those different characters and different perspectives and the way they like played off each other yes. was hilarious. <laughs> it was some it's of my so favorite true. scenes in the movie. It's um, so true. Like how in the queer community we're very much like, you know, as as a bisexual, uh, you know, like that one dude who was like, it's bisexual awareness week and nobody said anything. And it's <laughs> and like that. Jim Rash is such a good like performer. Like he's so funny. Like that's so just, good. yeah, it works really well. And then um, Dr. Marie Jones. Oh my God. Uh, like the, it was so fun. I was like, this is, this is like, you're making a parody of what happens on the internet all the time. Like the queer corner of the internet. You're just like, you're like, well, what about the lesbians? Well, what about the bi folks? Well, what about the bi femmes? Well, what about the, like, <laughs> yeah, like, like every layer yeah. gets like, gets a moment. And dot like dot Marie Jones. I'm, I'm glad you, you brought up dot Marie Jones because most people I think um, would recognize her from uh, Glee. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, played uh the beast the the coach turned i don't know what ends up happening to that character anyway but dot marie jones i've seen in a sporadic parts here and there and every single time the deadpan humor comes off so well like in this scene especially like it doesn't matter what's said it's the way that she's able to like articulate certain points (laughs) amazing comedic timing like just so And it's one of the reasons, like, I think, um, because some of the other characters are like uh, Guy, um, ah, what was his name? Guy, the guy who did the tweeting. Um, He played Henry. Oh, Guy Branham. Guy Branham. Branham, Thank you. His character, same kind of thing. The comedic timing and the moments, especially like when he interrupts. um, So the guys that are at the party. um, And remember that, what's that guy, Steve, who keeps popping up to be part of like the Billy Eichner and his boyfriend are going to get together with this other guy and yeah. that oh, random yeah, dude yes. yeah and then the random guy shows up <laughs> to be part of it and yeah. then when, when when the character henry walks in the room he's like oh hi steven like everyone knows <laughs> who this guy random dude yeah. is. And just it, oh, that comedic timing was so well done like, yes perfect. oh my gosh yeah uh, 100% and like there's I just like, I, I don't know, all the jokes were just so, so well delivered. I appreciated them so much. I, I really, I couldn't, I mean, I need to see this movie again. I've only seen it once, so I absolutely need to see it again. I need to take my partner to see it. It's but, a good rewatch. It's a better rewatch than I thought. I will say that. Because my okay. comments when I originally reviewed was like, I don't know if I'd ever watch this movie again if it wasn't with a group of friends. But it <laughs> was, I enjoyed the rewatch a lot better than I thought because even though... I, I still just, I wasn't a fan of how the romance was handled. I think sure. it was too cliche. It, it's not my thing. I, I'm not interested in romantic comedies. Yeah, I don't yeah, care yeah. who the leads are. I'm not that interested. So I still didn't like that aspect of the movie, but the comedy like hits, <laughs> nails yeah. it again, again yeah. and again and again. And that's what I wasn't expecting because some comedies, oh, you've seen it. So yes, it still makes you laugh, but you more remember you're laughing. I think totally. I laughed just as hard seeing it the second time and part of that was the people i brought with me and observing them but a lot of it was the movie and i wasn't expecting it oh man i can't wait to see it again i and i love that because usually you know you can't rewatch a lot of comedies because you know what's coming like 
but you know, I can rewatch Bridesmaids and still laugh and still be yes. like, this is a great freaking movie. Yes, definitely. definitely. Yeah. And, and this had more of that. And that was, I was telling you a bit before we started to record that I brought two sort of friends that I know from my hockey team to the second yeah. time I watched it. And I hadn't, I, I don't know these guys like that well, but like I'm getting to know them. We've been on a hockey team for, for almost a year now. So they wanted to do something. So I said, hey, let's go see bros and one of the two guys 100 percent knew what it was like had yeah, seen yeah. trailers I'm like yeah sure i'll see it and the other guy had no idea whatsoever None. and we were like oh it's a romantic comedy and he's like oh, okay like, i guess so like whatever like i'll get some popcorn and it'll be a good time and yeah. watching them watch the movie was so funny oh um gosh. having like i know what's coming but but they don't and both of them like in, really enjoyed the humor of it like they were laughing thought it was really really funny there were a few moments like the first time i saw it where i didn't 100 percent understand what was going on but again the movie does such a good job that both of their opinions after it was like oh that was like a really really fun movie like for yes. a romantic comedy that was a lot funnier than what i'm used to seeing and i'm so glad was, oh sorry Continue. No, no, no. I, I, I guess I, <laughs> what I was going to say was I think that's the best compliment that yeah. I could give a romantic comedy is it's funnier than you're expecting. Because, again, it's just not my genre. It would be like Taylor going to see a superhero movie. You're probably just oh, yeah. not going to sell her on it. But it, <laughs> it was a lot funnier than, than I had ever anticipated it was going to be. I like that you liked it so much, Mike, because I was prepared. As you recall, in the TIFF episode, I was like, if you don't like it or if you say mean <laughs> things – I'm coming for you. <laughs> this is well, it's very gatekeepy about it, and I need to work on that. But also, I'm very glad you liked it. I, yeah, yeah. I think the I think the movie deserves praise for the comedy, and I think it mm -hmm. deserves to be told how cliche it is for the yes. romantic side of it. But again, you're you're right. That's probably just the point. The point was the yeah. movie was to make a, a cliche romantic comedy, and as far as I'm concerned. That's what they did. Like the oh, criticisms yeah. I have about this movie are literally twofold. One, the romantic side is cheesy and reminds me of Hallmark movies. Two, I still don't think Luke McFarlane was your best choice for this role. Okay. I, I honestly have a problem with his acting. I think it downgrades the film every time he's he's on screen. And seeing it a second time, I, I it got a little worse for me. Where <gasps> I just kept thinking, like, I can't, I can't watch you sometimes because i can i'm i'm i think i'm looking more and i'm being more nitpicky and i'm like staring at him trying to see him emote and do things and it's making me think like i i just think you could have found someone else for that role so i think this is actually a good time to segue a little bit into a thread that guy branham tweeted yeah um, let's do it and just so, just for context, Guy Branham um, is a co-producer on the film, and he was also uh, Henry in the film. And he actually tweeted specifically about um, about Luke McFarlane's casting. And I'm going to just quote him real fast. Um, uh, so Guy Branham tweeted, and yes, Luke is white and mask and cis and hot, but the gay male community has spent so much time fetishizing these things that half of at queerty. Uh, which is like a queer news outlet. Um, oh, okay. art articles are just lists of torsos. Billy knew he had to draw attention and make money, and Luke is a gifted actor who draws attention. However, 
I will also say that you are correct in the, um, I don't know if you knew this, Mike, but Luke McFarlane has spent the last 20 years, just for context as well, he came out in 2008. So he's been out for a, quite a while, but I mean, he doesn't, he passes as straight. He is very conventionally good looking and, and all this stuff. Um, and he has actually just been in Hallmark movies for like 20 years. Wait, actually? Actually. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, he's in a lot of Hallmark movies. <laughs> oh, so, that changes yeah. my perception quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Because then that acting that he's doing fits 100% in that. Yes. And that's a hard thing to have it to break if that's what he's been doing for since yes. 2008. Because I had no idea. Yeah. So does this make, I mean, and I was dying to tell you, like, earlier but i wanted to you know oh, save it for the suspense because yeah, yeah. Like you can you can see it in his performance i mean and 100 yeah hallmark i mean they are after a very specific kind of and it's very hard to nail it i've auditioned for so many hallmark movies and i can never quite get the tone because i cannot do it without laughing like i can't take it <laughs> serious i'm not a very yeah. good actor obviously but like i can't take it. i can't i can't do the it's a specific delivery and you have to be like a specific, like visually very specific also for a Hallmark movie. Definitely. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, I think it makes part, like the cutesy part of his acting and like the cheesy comedy. I think it makes total sense for, for him in the context of the movie and like for him in, in, in his, you know, in the context of where he's performed before. Yeah. It definitely adds a lot more context knowing mm. that that is his acting history because it's a very specific style that would mm. be hard to break i'm sure i'm sure that they worked with him i mean that's what i mean the the, the director of this movie is also the director of bridesmaids and, yes and many many oh. many other movies so it's not as though you know it, it, listen it's not amateur hour here this is yeah. a this is a studio that has a history of putting together great comedies this is a director that has a history of directing great comedies. And even though he doesn't have a lot of public exposure, Billy Eichner is an extremely experienced writer. Oh, like, yeah. I fantastic. mean, I would also argue, you know, he's been around for so many. Like, because he did Billy on the Street. I, you watch Billy on the Street, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Religiously for years. Yeah. Like, I, that's all I would watch, especially on YouTube, was just Billy Eichner. Yes. Yeah. And it was, it was, um, yeah, it was absolutely. Oh, I also want to correct you on one thing. Uh, Nicholas Stoller did not direct Bridesmaids. Oh, uh, he directed uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall and Sarah Marshall. Get Him to the Greek and Neighbors in oh. Five Year Engagement. So a so bunch also of other, a bunch of other really yeah. good comedies. Yeah, okay, not Bridesmaids. hundred percent. Yeah, not Bridesmaids. Yeah. But yes, um, yes, but still, still a very, uh, very talented director. I mean, and yes, the, the thing is, I guess my point that I always make with every single movie where there's a casting issue mm -hmm. is if it takes me five minutes to name alternatives for the role, mm -hmm. then I don't like the casting job because it's a major studio and you have the, you have access to the planet earth. I mm -hmm. understand. I'm being facetious here. I understand that yeah. people, not every human being is an actor. You can't just like grab people and make them act. Mm -hmm. I understand that. So don't at me everybody. But what I'm <laughs> saying is, is you have access to every performer on the planet and if you like i think it's a great choice especially when you're doing something very important with this movie to say we're going to make room for lgbtq plus performers that's our principal cast 
minus some some cameos, which again is fine. But our principal yeah. cast is going to be LGBTQ+. I think that's great. There are tons of gay actors who could have pulled off this role, and I just don't understand why when you're when again this is this is getting into other things that we can yeah. briefly talk about. Why, as a I'm talking about as Billy Eichner now. Yeah. Why are you a like essentially attacking people for not supporting and coming to this movie when the marketing was dreadful and you didn't, from what I can see, didn't cast lead material that that drives people to the theater. When you have certain people, romantic comedies that do very well, except for Crazy Rich Agents, often have a person or two at the forefront who a lot of people know. Actually, scratch that. Michelle Yeoh is a well-known actor from Crazy Rich Asians. So never mind. Mm. That that is still Yes, case. she's I, incredible. Let's not forget like, Michelle Yeoh, guys. Come yeah, on. Michelle Yeoh, fantastic. So yeah. that that's part of my frustration being a massive Billy Eichner fan, seeing his comments on social media after. If I was on his marketing team, I would have been like, Billy, no. Pull but it hang back. on though. I'm gonna challenge you. Challenge me. You know, this is this is a movie about like forty something year old gay men. Mm-hmm. Who could you who would you have cast then? Well, I'm so glad you asked that. Oh my gosh! Um, okay, uh, I I happen to have a list here. Okay, um, okay, great. Where cue sound effects of paper. <laughs> um, I happen to have put a list here. Now, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna preface with two things. One, okay. I understand that playing up in age can be tough, so I tried to stick as close to forty as I could. Mm-hmm. And two, some of these actors would probably have to work out a little bit. But okay. I tried to choose people who it's like, it's not unhealthy to ask you to do that. Like it's close okay. enough that if you just put in a tiny bit of effort. So number one, Zachary Quinto. So Zachary Quinto uh, plays Spock in Star Trek. Yes, he's a little skinny, but he's recently bulked up for a movie that he's going to be in next year. And he has a bit of a bigger frame to him. And okay. I think Zachary Quinto would fit the bill of of that person. Like that would be, that would be person number one. Okay. okay. Person number two. Uh, Guillermo Diaz from He's Scandal. already in the movie. He's already in the movie. I know. Movie. I know. Yeah. I would have bumped him up. Oh. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying I would have moved him up to that role because I think he's a very talented actor. I think he's. Right. I think if you shave him, he he'll look cl- the clean cut look that you're going for. Because Luke McFarlane pulls off that look very very well. Yeah. Right. Like like you're saying, he's he's traditionally handsome. He works in the part well. I really think that Guillermo Diaz can do that as well. So he he okay. would have been number two, okay. um, just for fun. Even though I know he's way too small, I would have said, "Hey, Matt Boomer, go to the gym and see what you can do." Because like Matt Boomer from White Collar and American Horror Story. Matt Boomer. Do you I'm know looking that? Okay. Oh, he's look. very pretty. He, but, and, you know, and he is like smaller, like he's a little shorter, but mm-hmm. he, I, I mean, Luke McFarlane is shorter than Billy Eichner. So it yeah. still, it still, I think works. Okay. Um, I think that he would have been another one that would have been very good in the role. And again, okay. I, we're getting down into the, a little bit less well-known, but okay. fans okay. of American Horror Story would know Matt Booger like that. They would know him from that. Um, one more. I got one okay. more. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, actually, I have two more. Never mind. I have two more. One of them's a real stretch, but I'm just throwing the name out there. But anyway, this one's the last stress. Colton Hayes or Hines from Teen Wolf Arrow. Um, He's a bit younger. Okay, so you'd have to you'd have to work on that a little bit. But so his last name is a H A Y N E S. Okay. Um, and he, I think he would have worked role as well um okay. most people will know him from arrow last one this is a real stretch but i really like him as an actor 
Wentworth Miller. Okay? Oh my gosh, it's been a minute. What's he up yeah. to these days? Wentworth, oh, Wentworth Miller is working on another um, <laughs> a show with the same guy who's played his brother and everything. Uh, they just love each other. I think they just like like want to be in everything with each other. So okay. the same guy, I can't remember the name of the guy, but from from uh, Prison Break. Um, the other guy from Prison Break, but Wentworth Miller again, a little bit more of a stretch because he is he is quite skinny and he's not quite the same buffness. But in Prison Break, he did have to like build some bulk, so okay. it's not as though it's not impossible for him to do that. So that that's my short list of five actors who I would have said, hey, if they were in this movie, I know they have the acting chops. A couple of them have a little bit more name recognition, and that helps sell romantic comedies. So that's my short list. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead with um I think you made some really great choices and what I love, Mike, is that all these actors are queer and yes. you have like I looked know, it up. I, I, <laughs> I, I did my research. I had, I made sure to have three sources to confirm because you never know with websites. Also Nicole, I will say um uh, Googling gay Hollywood opens up a lot of weird doors um, that yes. I was expecting. Um, yes, so yes, yes. just be careful, everyone, with your Googling and your Google <laughs> history. Be maybe a little more specific and say, like, like type out the full sentence. Don't pull a me. Hang on a second. A half sentence. Wait, did you just Google gay Hollywood? Is that I think I you... said gay in Hollywood was the first one. Oh, and, okay. and I did get some articles, but then I got some other stuff, um, <laughs> <laughs> which like I just wasn't expecting. I oh should have been God. more specific. And then I went, I was like, gay actors who are out in Hollywood. And then I okay. got like a couple lists and yep. I only chose people who were met referenced more than, more than a handful of times, okay. or I could find something official. Like I didn't, for example, I didn't know Zachary Quinto um, was gay because I mean, frankly, when it comes to my actors, I don't care about their, yeah. their sexuality. Yeah, um, yeah, but sure. I wanted to double check because as soon as I heard that, I was like, well, Zachary Quinto choice. Number yeah. one, like I, he would be phenomenal. He, I, you know, I think because, I mean, you could make an argument for this, but because Zachary Quinto has also been in a lot of American Horror Story and he's plays a creep in so many of them. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, can't, well. <laughs> I can't, I can't picture, like we're watching, my partner and I are watching the newest American Horror Story and it's American Horror Story New York. And he plays like a gay art dealer in <laughs> 1981 and he's so creepy I'm sure. And, uh, but like, I've never seen him do comedy, so maybe, but I'm going to argue actually that I think they made a, a controversial, I mean, not controversial, um, uh, an interesting choice casting Luke McFarlane because of the, you know, he's going to deliver the material in a way that, you know, at the end of the day, Billy Eichner told audiences, and I don't know how much this stuck, but told us at TIFF that, you know, this is like a satire of rom-coms. And I think having... Luke McFarlane's performance with Billy Eichner's kind of like over the top, over the top, like cynicism. I think it was such a good match. Um, but that's just me. Like I enjoyed, I, I enjoyed the hallmarky vibes that I got from Luke McFarlane. Cause I felt like I was watching like a, a rom-com with straight people that no offense, but like all straight people have had this type of rom-com out and available for literally years. And like, absolutely. We, yeah. we want one, like just give us one. And more down the line, but like, yeah, I, but I felt, for now, the yeah. idea was one, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first one is never going to be the best. And I actually think when we talk about marketing, and I'm going to agree with um, uh, a guy Branham on this because he did an interview with Nicholas Stoller in the 
uh, Hollywood Reporter talking a little bit about, so Billy Eichner tweeted that it was because of straight people that bros didn't do very well. Um, and that is actual, I mean, they have data on, the, they did, you know, polls and, and such. There is actually data on this that was confirmed by a couple members of the team of bros that says that, yes, it was mostly gay men who went to go see it, which is understandable. But I think that what the, um, what happened with the marketing was like, it was very much, you know, this is a historical precedent and uh, it was, it's important for you to see it and you need to be an ally and you'll be an ally if you go see this movie. I think that like setting that up was a mistake. And, and, and yeah. And Guy Branham actually agreed with that. And what he also mentioned, which I think is really true. I mean, this is at the end of the day, it is a movie for queer folks Mm -hmm. and they weren't marketed to at all. Like if you look at the poster, I get it. and, And I get it that it is still, you know, a satire of rom-com but the the movie's called bros the poster mm-hmm. is like den like denim jeans and pictures of nice butts and that's fine but like there was it was very much marketed towards straight folks like you know it, w- there was nothing I'm going to quote Branham on this because I think he summed it up really well is quote, this marketing campaign should have done a better job to the queer community, what this movie was and its respect for them, unquote. So Mm -hmm. I think that they missed the, the mark here on that. And I think that the team actually, you know, Guy Branham and Nicholas Stoller, and I think also Billy Eichner, but I can't speak for him because I couldn't find any quotes would agree that the, the marketing was done really poorly and that, um, you know, Guy Branham said that he had pitched ideas that were not used. You know, like they didn't listen to the whatever marketing team they hired. They did not listen to the team. Um, yeah, so. this marketing team. I mean, I, I'll quickly echo um, some of your comments and some mm-hmm. of the ones that I made um, in my review. This mm-hmm. marketing was done by a bunch of very insecure people who didn't know what mm-hmm. they were marketing, who mm-hmm. didn't feel confident about the movie, mm-hmm. who had no idea who they were targeting and what they were doing because I like, yes. So I agree with everything. Movies can have a appeal or focus targets to this is a, this is a movie mm-hmm. uh, for the queer community or for gay men. And it doesn't mean that everyone else can't go enjoy it, but we're yeah. going to heavily market to the people who we know are really going to like it. And then hopefully market yeah. to, to other people. I just, every trailer I saw was so, you got to come see it. You have to come see it. Look how funny it is. Look how great mm-hmm. it is. It look at all these great reviews. It, it, don't be uncomfortable. Just come to it. Come to it. And I, again, I'm, I'm going to use the same metaphor. If you go on a date with someone mm-hmm. and they're like, you have to love me. Why don't you love me? You have to love me. If you don't love me, it means you hate me. You're mm-hmm. not going to see that person ever again. And I don't think that's a good way to market to people to try to make them feel bad, to try to make them feel not great, to sure. try to get in their face. I think it's all about building up individuals. And this movie is so much better than the marketing yes. that I feel like it was a huge disservice to not focus on the, the heart that the movie yeah. gives. As, as cheesy as it is, the movie has a lot of heart to yep. it. It has a lot of comedy to it. It has a lot of great moments to it that were out of context misrepresented in the in the movie trailers that mm-hmm. I that I saw and really never gave me a sense of what this movie was about. And I 
would be in theory that next level individual you want to go to a movie fan who's a fan of billy eichner Mm -hmm. who's not part of the queer community but we want we need their support to come out to it and because of all the things i was seeing i wasn't super pumped to see this movie yeah it was very uh the marketing was very accusatory in a way (laughs) it was very much you you don't want to you like like you can take i don't know like you can take pride in your art and say this is made for like my community again like you don't want to speak for the whole community but you know it was made for queer people to see you know trans folks on like funny trans folks on screen and it's not about the trauma that they've gone through as queer folks it's just about like queer joy and queer love and i think that if you did that then people wouldn't have been so off put by billy eichner's comments but again like i understand you know billy eichner has been working in this industry for years i'm sure he's seen more and and again i'm not to quote guy guy branham in this but um you know he did mention that there really aren't that many famous queer people um in the world just just because you know Mm -hmm. we like most as as we know from like watching movies like uh what was that one that the that this lady plays a trans woman uh felicity huffman was it trans america or something like that and like um dallas buyers club like like mostly straight folks have been playing queer roles so we don't have we don't have you know out queer actors playing out queer roles and this is important to highlight as well but so i understand why they wanted to go out of their way to be like hey we're hiring queer folks only because you know we don't there aren't many established queer careers out there um but yeah i mean (laughs) there's a lot going on (laughs) no there is there's layers like there's a lot of layers and like what how we're discovering things in life Mm -hmm. things aren't as binary as we've presented them before and that includes this situation there are nuances Mm -hmm. and there are many reasons this movie cost 22 million dollars approximately it -hmm. made about 4.9 in its first weekend a romantic comedy probably at best could make around 15 million on its opening that's probably what they were hoping for Mm -hmm. so 11 million dollars went somewhere and didn't happen whether that be from one community to the next something went wrong and i always just prefer and i kind of like these comments um uh that that you're kind of reading out um from Mm -hmm. again a co-producer who's also Mm -hmm. an actor in the role but still a co-producer who obviously has some some thoughts on that and and understands the process a bit more than anyone else Mm -hmm. is saying is looking internally as well as externally whereas what i don't like about the comments of billy eichner and what we're going to talk about with olivia wilde and the coach of the strong maple leafs this week is it's all blame 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 out 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 internet you 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 whereas this is the first this is somebody who i think is clearly looking at it being like you know what things went wrong and i'm going to look internally as well to try to figure out what can we yeah. do better as an industry? What can yeah. we do better to promote? And I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, just to wrap up kind of our bros chat. Mm-hmm. One of the things that um, I had a fan who asked a question about that I wanted to ask you about, Nicole, okay. was who was your favorite non-lead character in, in the movie? Who was my favorite? Well, I think that 
Dot Marie Jones's character was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Like, yeah. <laughs> and everybody at the round table, um, I think Eve Lindley did really well. Um, mm-hmm. She's very, very funny. Again, like one of the museum board members. Um, but I also like, as a spoiler, I loved Deborah Messing. Like she <laughs> yeah. really took yeah. the piss out of her, <laughs> her position in like queer television like she's like i'm i'm an ally and i don't know i think i i thought everybody did such a great job of like making making like poking fun at themselves and that was such a good setup too yeah of like oh deborah messing just tweeted something that people don't like now she's going to make a big donation like very realistic and the fact that she was willing to do that like oh yeah like i will 100 percent do that not everyone honestly would even have the courage to be like like it in this movie that's going to be looked at i think for years yes um as like an icon in a moment to be like yeah no i'll play the person who tweets something homophobic yeah by accident not everyone would do that so so the fact that she would be like yeah no just whatever i'll dive right into it like that's pretty funny yeah i thought that was great what about you did you answer this question previously i did yeah i i actually i had said um uh henry um was my favorite even though jim rash I, and I can't remember Jim Rash's character name was yeah. like, I just, I just love Jim Rash. So yeah, he's just so angry. Kind of, yeah. He's just so angry and it just works well. <laughs> I, I still think that like for the kind of the best friend role, mm-hmm. the, the thing that's important to me in a romantic comedy when you have a best friend character is they've got to hit that comedic timing and be yeah. memorable with only three or four scenes. And yeah. he did that every single time. Totally. Like totally. The, again, even though I saw it in the trailer so many times, the idea, the, the scene where he's like, oh, it's like they put steroids into Dumbledore. Still made me <laughs> like, still right? made me laugh so hard. Even th- just because his comedic timing is so perfect, totally. that it just it, it works. So I think I think I went with him uh, as my favorite. Nice. Um, I'm gonna say before we wrap up, actually, yes. because um, Bros is, I believe, now streaming in Canada, and I think it's actually going to find. I think it might be on Crave if you're in Canada. Um, it's going. I th- I think it's going to find its audience on a streaming service like i think this is oh i be, agree yeah like you know for for instance fire island which was also a queer it was um it was a queer film um which is really good in case anybody wants to check it out it's joel kim booster and bowen yang and margaret cho and uh it's incredible and that's on prime in canada and prime. hulu in the states yeah it's very funny yeah, check so, it out yeah. yeah i agree i think it's going to have a new life um mm-hmm. on streaming i think a lot of Romantic comedies do really well there anyway. I mm-hmm. did see a preview for it for home premiere on like my cable thing. So I imagine Ooh. that they were starting to like, oh, now you can rent it and then it can yep. go to streaming and that type of thing. So, so hopefully, um, yeah, great conversation about bros. Yeah. Um, you know, overall, I do think uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's still a fun movie to watch with a group. Like mm-hmm. I think it's going to find kind of that status as one of those comedies that you could throw on with a group and have a good time. Um, let's talk about Don't Worry Darling. Um, this is my as this is so much more uh all over the place than than it has even been um again now we haven't heard your comments nicole just on the movie so again maybe Mm -hmm. just give give the quick one minute review like what did you think um of the movie don't worry darling and then we can move on to all the other stuff going on sure yeah so i i i think um this movie for me was just absolutely um ripped apart by everybody before I saw it. So I was going in with the the lowest expectations. Like sure. the, the bar was on the ground. I was like, this is going to be crap. I can't wait to 
you know, laugh at Harry Styles, <laughs> even though like he's super pretty to look at, like I'm not complaining. Um, but I actually kind of liked it. Uh, <laughs> I found, <laughs> I thought the world, you know, that Olivia Wilde built was great. She was a little sure. obsessed with it. Um, mm -hmm. I will say, I think the last 30 minutes of the movie should have come 30 minutes earlier. And then we should have spent 30 more minutes uh, talking about, you know, going beyond right. okay. those last 30 minutes. I can get minutes. on board with that. Yeah. yeah. It, but like, it was pretty, do I think that like, it was groundbreaking for <laughs> feminism? No, like the marketing, like the fact that Olivia Wilde was like, this is a feminist film and I've never seen anything that I'm going to quote her. She was like, I had no interest in making a feminist parable that was judgy or that defined men as bad and women as good. I was much more interested in the tense space where we recognize our own participation in the system that objectifies us. However, there was so, and like, she, man, like she, she also said, I found myself seeing a lot of content that was struggling to address feminist issues and instead becoming either really simplified or overly didactic. I had, it, anyway, it's, it was very simple. Like it was mm -hmm. simple. It was like mm -hmm. man bad, women good. Yeah. Women yeah. victim, men <laughs> yes. bad. It was and, very obvious. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I guess I just wish that like, she didn't go so hard on like, this is, are we allowed to talk about like, the naughty scenes? Uh, well, we we can. We have to kind of talk around it a bit. Okay. We have to be just careful with language. We can yes. talk about it a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say just be 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 oh. careful and understand that we're on public yes. radio. Right. <laughs> so. I think that it is absolutely bananas that she was like, these naughty scenes are unlike any naughty scenes you've ever seen. And I didn't want to make my naughty scenes about the man mm -hmm. and it just doesn't even make sense for the world that you built no that that would happen no not not at all and yeah. i also have to say because i had heard other things and it was very like non-specific about mm -hmm. the kind of uh, really the only two yes naughty scenes in the whole movie and after watching them and maybe because i it was all like hyped up in my mind after yeah. watching them i went that's it yeah that, like that's 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 it. Like that, I I don't. I thought there was going to be something really like, yeah. out there, and I do. Like again, I I get the context of what you're saying, and I read the same thing, and I'm like, okay, I guess. But again, yeah. it definitely does not match the world you've built, where these no. guys are in full control, and it's what they want. Um, yeah, I, I didn't get that at all. I agree. Exactly, and I don't. But but. I did have fun for context. Mike and I were talking before the uh, podcast started recording. I actually saw this movie in Palm Springs, which is where most of this movie was shot. So I, I think I just enjoyed very much like being in the world, like physically and being in the world. <laughs> so I think that that informed my movie going experience. And again, I was expecting something that was awful and mm -hmm. I didn't get mm -hmm. awful. So I think yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, and I, I I can agree that there's an entertainment value to this movie. And even though like I gave it I gave it a skip it mm -hmm. and I think my problems were like there's so many plot holes, so, so many. many lines that didn't make sense, so, so many. many moments that didn't make sense, that it the movie wasn't worth all the hype that it's been receiving for the off like screen drama. Yeah. Um and I just felt that the entertainment value was there, but it just never stuck the landing. And I now that you've said it, 
I think that would have been a big thing to fix this movie is if we got the reveal yeah. earlier. Yes. And got, I wanted a little bit more Chris Pine versus yes. Pugh. And you what could have had more of that. Like that yep. was great. Like the two of them just like they that, nailed it. Those scenes they were yeah, they were incredible in them. Um oh I just listen, Harry Styles. I just can't he was like, like the weird what was with the dance the scene? The dance scene. Understand Why? What's Why? going on? Like I just I okay. This movie <laughs> with Shia LaBeouf in it would have been very different. Like I just I don't know yeah. what was going on here. I don't understand what what the um, the value to having him in this movie was. I guess he drew a lot of people to the theater um, because he's a. I get this wrong all the time. He's a One Direction, right? Not a not Jonas Brother. Uh, Harry Styles. He, yeah, yeah, I think okay, so. One Direction. Yeah. Okay. I I confuse him with. I thought he was Jonas Brother. But, no, 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 no. He's not a Jonas brother. Because I think all the Jonas brothers' last names are Jonas. So oh, that would make his sense. Name is- <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Like, okay, plot points that didn't make sense. Let's do this. Okay, mm-hmm. where? Why the plane? Tell me about why the, the plane? plane. Why the plane? Why, why the was plane? it the same color as the plane that the kid who got lost yes like so it's a red plane and then you see a red plane and then nothing ever happens with the plane again yeah and what happened to the kid the one character's kid what nobody ever explains it yeah no idea And, and then okay so the ending right when she's flashing back and she hears his singing and she goes away from the the palm springs world and then she's like oh waking up basically and she's like how did i get home wouldn't she how who if she's remembering how is she not remembering any of her real life stuff yeah uh, like, that's a great question <laughs> that is not and, explained and like is she waking up physically in the real world when this happens and that's like, what i assumed but, but and I, then she, I don't know and then she's like I don't know, like, I want to, s- what? Like, I want to see her, like, Alice in the real world being like, what was I doing? Why were my mm-hmm. eyeballs, like, mm-hmm. stretch open? Like, yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely wanted to see that. Um, I didn't understand uh, the line that, uh, so when Chris Pine gets killed randomly for no reason. Yeah, literally. Uh, I didn't not. understand, for no reason whatsoever, I didn't understand um why so it's so basically the the he's got a wife in this world as well um and she she stabs him and he says like she's like you stupid man it's my turn what does that mean like is she in on this well, is and- she gonna take over like i have no idea anything because you didn't establish anything about this person <laughs> also that is the epitome of white feminism white feminism like oh you're just gonna ki- like White feminism is not do unto others as you would have them do unto you, not to quote the Bible here. But like, that's not what this is. And this is exactly what Olivia Wilde's done. She's like, mm-hmm. well, the men treated the women badly. So the women are going to treat the men badly. And it's like, nope, that's not how it works, not ma'am. Helpful. Um, that's not yeah, helpful. Yeah, yeah. yeah Olivia, uh, I have so many things to say about Olivia Wilde too, um, with just the way all of this has, has yeah. gone down. Because right? I don't think, I really don't think she's doing the film any favors. No. Um, no she's she's damaging it a lot and again i'm wondering i often wonder this like where are the pr teams because you have people who are in theory trained and training people to like handle these things but i just keep seeing again this was just like my toronto maple leafs comment earlier this has just been a week of people 
saying really weird things and like blaming the internet, which I've yeah. seen Olivia Wilde do. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like what address the things that you're creating that yes. you're a big part of, as opposed to just like blame, 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 blame. Like it's really bothersome. I do think though, <clears throat> in her defense, I think like we never had this with Booksmart. I don't know. Like the, I thought Booksmart was great. I know Taylor did not like it, but I, I think Booksmart. Yeah. yeah, Taylor didn't, but I yeah, but I think that it's a little not to be that person. It's a little unfair that she's getting all of this attention about her personal life and I think it has absolutely no place even if they kind of fit a little bit into the context of the timeline of when this movie was like made I don't think I think it's absolutely ridiculous as you know that her character is absolutely being ripped apart based on her personal life and she oh I agree she didn't do anything wrong like no I agree I 100% agree with you like that's that type of stuff I have no patience for like that's I guess for me, the things that I don't like and the things that I focus more on are the issues that clearly happen with Florence Pugh that sure. are not being addressed. Um, her criti- Instead of addressing them, she, her criticism of the internet and like, well, you can't believe everything you hear, but like clearly something happened. Her criticism thing that happened with Shia LaBeouf that he like completely disproved yeah. and her trying to jump on that. Like those are more the things where if something, let's just say it was a toxic working atmosphere or whatever. You could come out and say, yeah, Florence and I have had conversations. So I'm going to keep that private, um, w- what we talked about. But obviously, there were some atmosphere issues she didn't like. We've had our conversation. I'm going to leave it there. But sure. she didn't even do that. All she did, and she had this great opportunity on, on um, what's his name? Uh, the Late Show. Uh, Colbert. James. Oh, Colbert. Yeah, Colbert. Yeah, yeah not okay. James Corden. Oh, James Corden. Um, <laughs> yes. yes, on Colbert. To He basically flat out asked, like, is there anything you want to clear up? And she said, you know. This is one of those moments where you just have, just like the show, just like the movie, do you believe everything you hear on the internet? Well, and I was like, that's not even, I don't even understand what that comment means because I don't think the internet's in your movie. But anyway, I, those are the things that bother me a little bit more. Like you, there are ways to easily handle this. I completely agree with you though. Her personal life is her own business. I could care less if her, if she loves Harry Styles or yeah. Bill Parcells or whoever, <laughs> like she can, she can do whatever she wants. She's a human being. Yeah. Um, she is a young filmmaker who will like, I'm excited to see more work from her. This yeah. was just a miss for me. <laughs> like that's all. It oh was. yeah. A hundred percent. And yeah, I, I don't think she did anybody any favors by speaking pretty, I guess, again, she doesn't owe the public anything. Like this is mm. just, this is, it's tough to say because it's like, and also I will say like I did some Googling. Uh, I'm a professional Googler. And um, I came to find out that a lot of crew members on Don't Worry Darling came out and they were like, hey, all of this drama that everybody's talking about, the set was so professional, nothing Mm -hmm. like this happened. So again, like who are you going to believe? I mean, sure. I think that there's, when you're working so closely with a big group of people for a long time in the desert. I'm sure that tensions can run high and like, there's always going to be drama, but like, you know, the crew members are saying, no, it was a supportive, great work environment. There was no drama that we were exposed to. Um, But I don't, yeah, I don't know. I guess guess why then my question just would be, why wouldn't Olivia Wilde just echo those comments then? Like that, that's what makes, that's every time she speaks, it reminds me of someone who's guilty. You are guilty of something 
And instead of just addressing, because she doesn't want to outright lie, basically, yeah. but she's just like setting it to the side. You could, you're a hundred percent. I agree that no, no one should owe anyone anything. Mm-hmm. You are in the public eye though. Just like the people who, who get an opportunity to, to make millions of dollars playing a sport, mm-hmm. making millions of dollars doing the art that they love. You are in the public eye and that means something. And you have to be ready to address this type of concern. And the fact that you dance around it as opposed mm-hmm. to say something, and the fact that Florence Pugh didn't show up to a lot of things, makes mm-hmm. it seem like at least there was an internal issue there. And I would have been satisfied. And I do think not all media, because there's a lot of terrible people out there, but yeah. some media would have stopped with, I'm going to leave, like the simple comment, I'm going to leave what happened between me and Florence, between me and Florence, we've talked, we've reconciled, we've had a great discussion. She can't join us for scheduling issues on some of the things. I'm looking forward to seeing her again. I'm going to leave that there. I'm learning a lot as a, as a new director in Hollywood. I look forward to everyone experiencing my movie. Something simple yeah. that just addresses it from the beginning and this storm doesn't happen. You give, you give, it, it, working with media sometimes, Nicole, is like working with, with little bugs. You give yeah. them a little, you give them a little, like one bug in the room and now there's 27 of them. But right? don't you so think, you oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. That was the end of my sentence. <laughs> I was going to say, don't you think that if she said, you know, if she confirmed that, oh, yes, Florence and I talked and, you know, that stays between us, don't you think that would have also fueled the fire? Like a little bit for some people, like the TMZ style reporting out there, yes. But I think I think anybody somewhat reasonable will accept the truth and and even if it's hard to hear like someone like me would mm-hmm. have moved on and never brought this up ever again because i'm you're not you're not covering things up you're not seeming like guilt you're not shoving blame to someone else you're mm-hmm. saying hey things happened it's internal it's no one else's business we've talked we're, we're at a good place or whatever or whatever mm-hmm. you want to say i think it would fuel some file fires yes but it would i think it would still take out more you have to you have to play the game and the yeah. game is there's a hundred fires and would you rather have a hundred fires or 45? Yeah, that's totally I would rather fair. have 45. Yeah. Well, so that's, that's, to me, that's the things I've learned in marketing is you have to sometimes be like, yep, not everyone's going to be happy, but I'm going to make it so the majority and the reasonable individuals are happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally fair. That's totally fair. I guess I, I maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little too, uh, something and i'm like why doesn't everybody just leave it alone like this honestly like this it doesn't matter but as somebody who also is very into the salad dressing gossip right now yeah what uh, is this talk about okay so apparently so uh the jason sudeikis um and olivia wilde were married for those of you who don't know um and whether or not let's just say whether or not harry styles and olivia wilde were together during the marriage that doesn't mean anything she has confirmed that that is untrue but people are still talking about it anywho apparently the nanny said that um the that jason sudeikis laid down in front of olivia wilde's car to, as so as to prevent her from leaving their house with their kids to go and eat salad with Harry Styles. And this is like, apparently there were texts between Jason Sudeikis and the nanny. And the nanny said, she took the salad and she took the dressing and she left. And it is very specific that she said she took the salad and took the dressing. And then (laughs) Olivia Wilde being, (laughs) I don't know, I thought this was great. She had Instagrammed a page out of a book called Heartburn 
which is a Nora Ephraim book, and it's mm-hmm. an autobiography, and it's based on Nora Ephraim's marriage and divorce to Carl Bernstein, which is her second husband. And this one particular page, um, I'm looking at it right now, and there is a okay. Here it is. Um, I taught Mark. I'm just going to read exact like from the page that she posted. Sure. Quote. I taught Mark to make the vinaigrette. Mix two tablespoons gray poupon mustard with two tablespoons good red wine vinegar, then whisking constantly with a fork, slowly add six tablespoons olive oil until the vinaigrette is thick and creamy. This makes a very strong vinaigrette that's perfect for salad greens like arugula, watercress, and endive. So, okay. <laughs> yes. So, I think I think that that's just hilarious. And then actually, um, gray poupon, which is a type of mustard, just so, you know, people who don't know, um, they had Instagrammed a jar of, (laughs) I'm just trying to pull it up. They Instagrammed a photo of a jar of their mustard (laughs) and the mustard, it said on the jar, don't worry dressing. (laughs) And it has a recipe for so it's one tablespoon gray poupon dressing or gray poupon mustard, two tablespoons red wine vinegar, and six tablespoons olive oil. And then it says on the bottom of the jar, serve over salad, savor with style. Oh, <laughs> and I just think so this is absolutely ridiculous. And I this is the kind of stuff that I love. Like I do not care who is cheating on who in a marriage. Like these random details give me life like yeah i think it's so great i think it's so funny very yeah that that type of stuff is just ridiculous and funny i mean reminds you everyone's human and sometimes humans do say and post stupid things yeah um, but oh i was just gonna say i was just gonna say that um Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis released a joint statement about the nanny and saying that it was all untrue and we're sad that this happened. Anyway, mm-hmm. continue. Mm-hmm. Just want to clear. Yeah, that. no, and I think that that's that's good for context. And you know, diving into people's personal life, that that's always where it's it's to me the the line usually gets drawn. Like I get you have to face questions in the yeah. media, but you know, your personal life should be your personal life. Totally. Um, in, in the few minutes we have left here, Nicole, yes. I do want to give you this quiz. So I've got your three questions okay. randomly out of this movie and TV quiz box. So Andrew got two out of three. Let's see how you do here. Okay. Um, so question number one, mm-hmm. what is the name of the ship that rescues the survivors in the film Titanic? Carpathia. Correct. Yeah. Who plays God in Bruce Almighty? Uh, it's not Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, what is his name? Uh, Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, correct. Yes. Question number three. Who originated the role of Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady on Broadway? Julie Andrews. Correct. There you go. Yes. There's your, you got all three correct. Amazing. Um, well done, Nicole. Um, thank Nicole, you. thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank um, you so much for having me. This was so much fun. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it's fun. I, I'm glad we got to do this. I think diving more into kind of these especially for bros because it's more like of a serious thing than than whatever's going on with dory darling yeah um, i think doing this is important and having the conversations is important in in terms of these movies so i'm glad i'm glad that we were able to do a show where hey we you know talked about just the films themselves and now we can dive into some of the other things as well um so mm-hmm. thank you so much for doing this well, thank you 
Um, everybody will be back with another episode next week um, with Taylor off and we're recording these all over the place. I don't know who the guest is next week, but <laughs> follow us on social media and you'll find out what's going on next week on Screening in Kingston. And as Taylor says, go see some movies. <laughs>